Hey everyone, I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the Blake Show NBA betting podcast coming to you nationally on TuneIn Believe Betting Radio, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. The show where we talk about all things NBA and NBA betting. Now, this is our first show since the NBA trade deadline and All-Star break and the league looks completely different since our last show that we did earlier this month in February. So on today's show, what I'm going to do is go through the NBA title odds on DraftKings Sportsbook and kind of go through a few of these no-look teams along with another team that has been at the top for the whole season to kind of talk about with this new landscape, how things may shake out for them. So without further ado, let's get to it. Um, We're going to start by saying this. Despite Phoenix adding Kevin Durant, we have the Boston Celtics That's kind of the team I had mentioned a few seconds ago as the team that's been on top the whole season. They remain the favorites at plus 270. So before we take a look at some of the new look teams, I do want to start with Boston. And as I said on one of our shows very early in the season, a number of months ago, this Celtics team is a deserving favorite from a betting odds perspective and from a eye test basketball perspective as well. They have the star power, the depth, the experience, everything they need to win the whole thing. And in my opinion, this year is really the best shot that this group is going to have in doing it. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will start there playing at an absolutely unreal clip this season. And I know that Tatum probably isn't going to win MVP because of the ridiculous stat lines that Jokic puts up or what Joel Embiid is doing. Giannis having another spectacular season. But I think, regardless of what happens with that MVP race, that Jason Tatum is the best player on the world playing for the best team in the world right now. And if we look over the last two seasons at sort of what the trend has been in the league, the best player in the NBA has won the title playing for the best team, of course. Giannis two years ago with the Bucks, Steph Curry last year for the Warriors. And in each of those years, you have those two guys playing at an unbelievable level the entire season. And if you look even closer at it, it's not just because sort of of their play of, of, of the, the top player or two players, the Bucks, Giannis and Middleton, the Warriors, Steph and Clay. It, it wasn't just them that really put those teams over the top. The thing that really made the difference was the depth, the role players surrounding those two stars. And the Celtics team is no different. Their depth is, is scary good. When you look at Al Horford, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, these guys give Boston a great deal of versatility on the floor, and they're perfect complements to the skill sets of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. These surrounding pieces are so good that even if you look at last night's game, the Saturday night primetime game between Philly and Boston, and I do think that Philly is the second best team in the league right now, get to more on that in just a second. Boston was still able to win that game and they didn't have their typical dominant performance from Tatum. And I know Tatum did make all the highlights hitting that, that game winning shot, a fantastic step back, but he scores 18 points on the night on seven of 17 shooting. And I think what's really scary for the rest of the league and for those top three teams in the East, when you look at Boston, Philly and Milwaukee for those other two in that top three, What's really scary for them 
is that there are not many nights where you're going to get an 18-point game on 7-for-17 shooting from Tatum. He's an efficient scorer, and he's giving you, you know, 30 points a game. (laughs) And in the playoffs, that's probably going to go up. And the Celtics are still able to win this game. Why? Because you have Jalen Brown leading the way with 26 points. The rest of the starters scoring in double figures and Derek White giving you 18 points off the bench. And Boston gets this win last night, despite Joel Embiid doing sort of what he's been doing to every team every night this season, 41 points, 12 rebounds. And I'm a believer that whoever wins the East out of those three, Boston, Phil, Milwaukee, is winning the title this year. With that being said, in a seven-game series, post-trade deadline, post-All-Star break, the way the league looks, the way the East looks, I don't see anybody surviving this Celtics team in a seven-game series, especially when you have Boston winning games like they did last night without their sort of lead horse doing what he usually does. And the reasons behind why I think this, we start with Tatum and Brown. Of course, those are big, obvious reasons, but... I do think that the biggest reason that the Celtics are and should be going back to that point earlier, the favorites in the league right now to win the title is because of their depth. And this is the factor that I think combined with the championship experience they gained last year in that series with golden state. I think these, these are sort of the factors of why they will get over the hump this year. And I do need to add here talking in this scenario where I can't really see a way where the Celtics don't win the title this year. If they blow this, if they don't win the championship, I don't know that this group that they have, the core group of Tatum Brown smart is winning a title. This is their year. They had a really good shot last year too, as it would turn out. And and they blew that, I think, but that's another topic for another show on another day. We're talking about this year. I do think that they need to seize this opportunity and look, I think that they will. And I'd say that they are the safest bet to do so in terms of winning the title. Now, the biggest reason I'm saying that this year is make or break for Boston is because of what another team did at the trade deadline. And this is a move that not only impacts the rest of this season, but I think impacts the next three to five years of the NBA and sort of the landscape of everything. And that obviously is the Phoenix Suns adding Kevin Durant. The Suns, they're sitting behind the Celtics right now with title odds of plus 425. And while I wouldn't be entirely surprised if the Suns did win the whole thing, I'm not expecting them to. And I think as things stand right now, from a betting perspective, you shouldn't expect them to either, not this year. And I think if they don't win the title, but they get to the finals, um, it's not the end of the world. I think for Phoenix, the biggest factors are injuries, which is part of why, you know, is, is why I should say Kevin Durant isn't playing right now for the Suns. Um, and then just time to gel. Um, I really don't see Phoenix having issues with anybody in the Western conference, this playoffs, assuming that Chris Paul, Katie Booker and Deandre Aiden are playing a majority of, of the playoff games in the West. But I think for Phoenix to win the title against Boston, Philly, Philly or Milwaukee. And I think it's Boston. I really think this year with how well, those teams look and how well Boston looks. You got to be firing on all cylinders. You can't have any hindrances, no injuries. And I think expecting Phoenix to gel perfectly, they only have 
20 plus games left before the regular season is over. And then to ask them to basically have fantastic injury luck on their way to the finals might be asking for a little too much this season. I think that Durant, Booker, and Aiton, those are the locks to really be sort of the core of the Suns moving forward over the next couple of seasons. Um, and you can add Chris Paul in there, but I'll get to him a little more here in a second. I do think that when we're talking about this year with what we have in front of us, I do think Phoenix is making a run of the finals, but they will come up short to one of the three Eastern Conference finals. Excuse me, one of the three Eastern Conference powers, most likely being the Boston Celtics. And once that happens, I would not be surprised to see Phoenix maybe spend the summer looking to add just some more depth and complementary pieces around Booker, Aiton, and Kevin Durant. And look, maybe beyond sort of just adding um, some more depth to the team, they do keep Chris Paul, but I could also see them packaging him with some draft capital and turning that into something else. There's been some smoke around maybe the, the thinking that the Suns were trying to get Kyrie Irving. <laughs> who knows with Kyrie and, and with Kevin Durant and, and who knows what that could look like, but you just never know in the NBA. And because of Chris Paul's age, depending on how he plays in the playoffs, how often he's able to play, whether or not he's able to stay healthy, um, that could impact what they do next year. With that being said, whether the Suns keep Chris Paul or they flip him into something else, I do think that you know, you're expecting Phoenix to add depth and they're not going to have a issue getting guys to maybe take pay cuts or, or they need to clear space to add some guys. Like people are going to want to play with Kevin Durant. I think, especially once the league sees what it looks like, because I think if you're thinking that it's going to look anything else, like an extremely good basketball team out there, you're kidding yourself. You're playing around and, and being cute when you don't have to. <laughs> so I think that if we expect the Suns to at least make it to the finals this year, which that's kind of my expectation for them. And then let's say they add some more depth in the summer. And then you add a full year next year with a, a new core of, you know, Durant, Aiton and Booker, maybe Chris Paul's part of that. Maybe he's not. I'd say that puts the Suns in a position where the 2024 NBA finals are theirs to lose. But in terms of NBA Finals bets for this season in 2023, I honestly, I wouldn't play around, even though I, I'm saying that I don't expect the Suns to win the title. I would not play around with any other Finals matchup than Boston and Phoenix. I do think that Philly is the second best team in the league as of today, as of February 26th. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that's something that's going to change after a few weeks of Kevin Durant getting buckets in a Phoenix uniform. And look, James Harden in these big games, you saw it last night, you've seen it in the playoffs almost every year of his career. I just do not trust him to be efficient and consistent enough to get Philly past Boston, no matter what level Joel Embiid is playing at, uh, which I think is what they need to get over the hump. I know that game last night was insanely back and forth, and if Tate misses that shot, then... Philly lights likely wins that game. If that ball comes out of Embiid's hands a few seconds earlier, maybe it goes to overtime. Who knows what happens? But in a seven-game series, if you're Philly, you need Embiid playing at the level he's playing at, which, barring any injuries, I don't have any worry about that. What I will say about that, though, is it's no secret to any Philly fan out there 
Embiid has had some freak injuries the last couple years in the playoffs. That could be something that hindrance uh, a hindrance for them a little bit. And then when you look at Harden, you need him to be efficient. And then the other question for Philly is, is they really need kind of like a third um, consistent, solid contributor. Some nights it's Tyrese Maxey, some nights it's Tobias Harris, but it sort of alternates and they're paying Tobias Harris like he should be the clear third star on that team. And his inconsistent production puts that in sort of question. Um, moving on to the Bucks, when we're kind of looking at the East here, I just don't think that Milwaukee has a better team than the Celtics, even adding Jay Crowder when they're at full strength. And because of that, I don't see Milwaukee beating Boston a seven game series either. And outside of those top three, barring any injuries, I do not see anybody else challenging Boston in the East. And then if we go over to the West, I don't trust Denver. I don't trust Memphis. I don't trust the Clippers. And if you're making bets, you should not trust them either. <laughs> Do not put any money on those teams in the playoffs because what have those teams done to suggest otherwise? Yes, I know this Nuggets team with the addition of Aaron Gordon, a healthy Jamal Murray, um, you know, has looked really good the whole year. But as the recent years have shown, Denver typically has one of the better teams in the league throughout the regular season and they flame out Memphis, all the, the noise that they talk, they've been wildly inconsistent this year. Um, they lost to Philly the other night in a big uh, marquee national TV game. I don't trust them mainly just because of playoff experience. I don't know if they just maybe need another year or two to keep that core together a playoff experience before they really break through. But when Memphis has even played the Warriors with or without Steph Curry, they haven't been able to beat them. They almost seem to have like maybe like some kind of psychological roadblock with Golden State. And because of that, I don't trust them taking out Kevin Durant. And then I think the last team that should be mentioned in sort of that contender range in the West is the Clippers. And I just don't think that they play enough games with each other to reach the finals. <laughs> and I know that they've looked really good when they've been on the floor together, but the other night against Sacramento, I know that Russell Westbrook had a fantastic debut for them, but he has a key defensive breakdown at the end of the game. And the Clippers end up losing that game in overtime um, in what was, you know, one of the highest scoring games, the second highest scoring game in NBA history in the one seventies, just ridiculous. And they just had to keep playing basketball and <laughs> um, they still lose. And the West is so compact. That's a game the Clippers really needed. They're trying to chase Sacramento at that, really that like three seed and the Clippers could be in the play-in. They could be sixth. They could be fifth. Like I, I just don't know how that's going to look for them. And again, I just don't think that they have played as deep as they are. I don't think they have played or they, and they will play enough basketball together, mainly Kawhi, Paul George, Vita Zubats. Now you're adding Russ into that starting lineup. Like I just don't think Terrence Mann off the bench. I don't trust them. And I don't think you should either. Um, now I know that Clipper fans will be like, Hey, well, you're talking about injuries and load management and, and camaraderie. 
And you're going to say, well, Kevin Durant hasn't suited up for the Suns yet because of injury. There's only 20 something games to go. Um, it looks like Katie's going to make his debut Monday, tomorrow when the Suns take on Charlotte. And here's what it comes down to. Here's what I would say to Clipper fans is from a betting perspective, when you're putting money on these things and just from a basketball perspective, I think that it's not far-fetched to say that you trust the health and consistency of Kevin Durant and the Suns more than Kawhi, Paul George, and the Clippers. And the reason I'm talking about the Clippers so much is because, look, if they're able to find some camaraderie, they really only have, I think, a deep enough roster to take out the Celtics this year in the finals. I just don't trust you know, that that's going to happen. And maybe we'll see otherwise. But I think when you're projecting this stuff, when you're looking to maybe get ahead – and look at some of these, you know, bigger plus money bets. I'm not trusting the Clippers. Um, outside of those kind of like other three teams in the West, you look at Dallas with Kyrie Irving and Luca there worth mentioning. I don't think they're in a discussion. They can't defend. And I think that while adding Kyrie definitely helped the depth that they lost in trading Dorian Finney Smith in that trade was tough. And, I don't think that they can compete in a seven-game series uh, with the likes of a fully healthy Kevin Durant Phoenix team. Or, you know, while I think it would be competitive, what I will say is I'm definitely taking Denver, definitely taking the Clippers. Memphis, I'm not sure, but I think that I would take Memphis just off the top of my head over Dallas in a seven-game series. So not really considering them. Then I think the last team you always have to mention in the West because of who their two best players are, are the Los Angeles Lakers, of course. And they have a dramatically improved roster. There's no doubting that. They've looked really good. They're 3-1 and one since the trade. I will say they did beat up on the Warriors a couple times without Steph, without Andrew Wiggins. Um, and then you're beating a Pelicans team which was a must-win game, and that's a team that has given them some problems without Zion Williamson. But without Zion Williamson, what are the Pelicans really? You know, um, I think really the only reason they're as high up in the standings as they've been is because they did have Zion for a good portion of the year without him, and it's sounding like he may miss even the rest of the season. We'll see sort of what what happens there. Um, I would say, you know, the Lakers game today against Dallas, that's a good lit litmus test for them. You know, other games on their upcoming schedule, playing Memphis a couple times, that's another sort of big, big-time game for them and sort of seeing where they are. I just think when you're talking about reaching the finals or challenging, you know, a Phoenix, it's just too much ground to make up for the Lakers, even for a LeBron James-led team. And if we're kind of looking at it from a numerical perspective in terms of seeding, Let's say that the Lakers accomplish their goal and they get to the sixth seed. Well, let's say that Phoenix is able to climb up to the second seed. Okay. With Kevin Durant, which I don't think is too far-fetched to imagine. If you're the Lakers and let's say you take out the third seeded Clippers or the third seeded Kings or the third seeded Grizzlies in the first round, then you're going to have the Suns in the second round and you're not, <laughs> you're not getting past them. So that to me, talking about the finals, as much as I don't want to bet against LeBron James, and I don't think anybody should when he's fully healthy with a good supporting cast, which he has now, 
I just don't think that that's something that is viable. And even if the Lakers are able to avoid Phoenix and maybe get to the Western Conference Finals, I just don't see it this year. Even if they were able to get to that point, I don't see them taking out Phoenix. So my prediction for this year's NBA Finals and my betting advice as we sit here today, February 26th, almost March, is Celtics over Suns. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't consider anything else. With that, we have ourselves a show. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And follow me on social, at Blake on social. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that handle. And I'll see you on the next Blake show.